Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Noto. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about... Dawes. And I'm so pleased to set the table by introducing our friend Jeff Simons, who actually introduced me to this band on his podcast, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. And I never heard of them before he mentioned them in his show. And then I started listening to, I guess, their latest album, The Misadventures of Doomscroller, and I just loved it. It was like my album of the summer last summer, and I still listen to it. And uh, yeah, welcome, Jeff. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. So setting the table, we've got a three by three, a classic three by three, except that I'm not making any picks. I'm going to be the DJ tonight and let Bill and Jeff do the picks. And Jeff, you're the guest, and so that means you are the main host, which means you get to ultimately declare their very best. Oh, fantastic. Let's make a list of all the things the world has put you through. Let's raise a glass to all the people you're not speaking to. And I might have a song. I might have a song. <laughs> I have a feeling you guys will pick my revenge song. Oh. Things happen. Last week I was in San Francisco and I, as, whenever I go to San Francisco, I always check a website called Jambase and I never look at it unless I'm going to San Francisco, but it's like a website where gigs are listed and uh, I saw that Dawes was playing while I was there and so I texted Jeff and said, hey, are you going? And we met up during the set break and it was so fun to see each other at the Fillmore. It was great. And... One of the songs they played at that show, which I hadn't heard before, off the album Passwords, is called Crack the Case. This song, I'll just share some thoughts. It's, a, I think, a brilliant song about trying to reconcile across differences, political differences. Hmm. He wrote it like eight years ago when he thought that things couldn't get any worse and then things got worse, but it's... It's a really pretty uh, ballad, and I just appreciated the emotional tenor of the song. And actually, it showcases this guy's songwriting. All of his lyrics, I think, are really, really good. And, and there's a lot of narrative. He's just a great writer. Uh, he could probably write a great novel or a great poem. I think he could write a great solution brief or podcast. <laughs> you know, I just think he can write. I will do your interview. Try to explain what I'm going through. Give you something to read into in a million different ways. I think the drummer's great. This might be my ego speaking, but like, I feel like I could be in this band. This is my kind of drummer. He's not like a super technical drummer. He plays good time. He plays for the feel. He plays for the song. And he's, he's also able to sing great harmonies. And he's the brother of the lead singer. So there's like the blood harmony thing that happens sometimes too. Right. There's something to listen to. You'll hear splashes on the hi-hat, which is like this technique where you like sort of stomp on the hi-hat pedal and pull your foot up really quickly. And it just makes a sort of splashy sound that I love cool. that you don't hear very often. I heard it. It's not like a particularly hard to do technique or anything, but it, it just made me feel like a, a connection with the drummer. 
Oh, and there's a pedal steel there. I think that's a pedal steel. You tell me. It kind of sounds like it. For me, I sometimes have a difficult time figuring out whether it's going to be pedal steel or lap steel. And a pedal steel, if you hear like individual notes moving apart from the other notes within the harmony, you can do it if you're really good on a slide guitar, lap steel or otherwise, but it's really hard to do. And it's, it's characteristic of a pedal steel. So that's what I always listen for if I'm trying to figure it out. You know this song, Jeff? I do, yeah. I do know this song, and uh, they did a really good version of it that night. He's been doing a solo version of this on tour, and they've been doing the full band version. I think I preferred the live version to this recorded version. Hmm. What you're listening to right now in the background like, is the part of Dawes that took me a long time to get over. Hmm. There's a very there's a very eagle-ish thing going on with Dawes when they're not careful enough to differentiate themselves from that sound. And I'm not I'm not here for it. When things are a little too perfect, hmm. they become kind of soundless to me. Hmm. And I like the there's some filigree here that gets away from that, but I also there are moments in this recorded version where I, I lose my concentration just because there's a I feel like I'm just there's a wash. I didn't get that live. Live, he really, like, I was drawn into the lyrics much more. Mm -hmm. And the introduction that he gave really helped with that as well. They are a crackerjack live show. It was two hours and 25 minutes of music with a 15-minute intermission. Like, it was such a generous, sweaty show. It was two full 75-minute sets. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until their sixth album that they had a, a recorded track that made me really perk up. I had really enjoyed some live recordings and now I thought their last record was such a quantum leap ahead in terms of their recorded output and now I'm all in like when a band puts out a great album and then they I go see a great show like I forgive all previous trespasses so <laughs> I'm only a little bit disappointed to hear you bring up the whole Eagles comparison because I was going to really zing you with that one after <laughs> having featured your, your negative thoughts in our Eagles episode yeah. So I was going to really get you with that one, but you beat me to it. It's one of those things, right? Be careful what you say because it will come back to haunt you. But, and, uh, right. But yeah, no, there are there are whole chunks of Dawes studio records that I'm just like, wait, I thought this was a band I really liked. Like, I really don't like it. Hmm. And then uh, and then they just like on this last record, they did everything the Eagles never did. They took a bunch of chances. They stretched out the arrangements. They allowed themselves to have personalities. And I think this is one of the things about, you know, the L.A. Eagles thing, like you can hire these guys and bring them in and tell them what you want and they'll give it to you in the first take. <laughs> They're super reliable. And mm -hmm. I think they sometimes fall prey to that exactness and perfection on their own records. And it's when they take chances and they allow things to get a little loose mm. and have personality that I think they become a great band and not just a good band. You can fall prey to your own expertise. Got an example of something that maybe goes away from that in your first pick? Yes. My favorite Dawes track is from Doomscroller, and it's called Ghost in the Machine. Oh, yeah. It starts with this terrific drum pattern. And even right here, right? This is not the drum pattern of a hit single. It's way too complicated. It's way too jazzy. And it never straightens out. And then this riff. 
bass is complicated, piano's riffing off of it, and you keep waiting for it to straighten out and become the first verse, and it doesn't. Standing right outside the echo When we were still just cutting teeth Turning madness into waveforms Searching chords for what's beneath All these existential freshmen Trying to keep our noses clean it sticks with this really polyrhythmic, syncopated thing. This reminded me of Fish. Does it remind you of Fish? In some ways, yeah. The melody of the lyric is not very fishy because it's it's so direct. Like a fish melody, I feel like, tends to float underneath the, the music or dip around it. Once the vocal comes in, like, it's the focus of the thing. But listen to the extra B3 that's thrown in there. But you could see it in their hunger. Busy as it is, it's not over busy. Like, there's room for all four instruments. If you stop, you can listen to the drums, or you can listen to the bass, or you can listen to the guitar. It's a great pick, and it's not like any of the other songs on the album. Yeah. I'm glad you picked it, because it's not on my list. How many people are in this band? So it's just a quartet of the, um, they, they had uh, an extra guitar player and a sometimes percussionist in a live show, but it's basically guitar, bass, drums, keys. Guitar player is also the principal songwriter and the lead singer, background vocals from the drums. I mean, it's kind of a classic rock band setup. And one of the things I appreciate is there are impressive solos and there's some impressive virtuosity, but they don't take turns trying to knock out the audience. And then let's check this out. Breakdown. And off the click. Bum, bum. Those are all a little slow. Uh huh. I love when music is so decidedly uncommercial that it that it's unforgettable. Like this isn't hard to listen to. It's not challenging. It's just really good, and it's wonderfully complicated. It's complicated in a really generous, inviting, tuneful way. <laughs> but this has no chance in hell of ever being played on the radio. It has no chance in hell of ever being in the background of a movie or a Meow Mix commercial. It's right. just great music for great music's sake. Sometimes as a songwriter, you know, you are contemplating what sounds right and you think, and you probably know this, Jeff, and you think, okay, probably here's where I should have the bridge, but it just, it, it doesn't work. And I've found myself being like, this song is over and there's no chorus in it. Right. And its song is still over, so there's no chorus, I'm, I'm just going to leave it. I've, you know, it's a minute and a half or whatever it is. So, I, I feel that. I like it. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, Billy. Next pick is going to be Comes in Waves, also off of Misadventures of Doom Scroller. Oh, this album's getting a lot of play. Now... I always like to talk about the drums, and the thing about this drum beat, and I hope Jeff will agree with me, to me this is the Purdy Shuffle. Do you agree? Yes, I was just gonna say. Yes. It's totally Peg. Okay, great. A boy that grows up in a beach town And never learns to surf so a call back to our first episode on Steely Dan when I talked about the Purdy Shuffle, which was played by Bernard Purdy, who invented it, on the Steely Dan track. It's a shuffle where it's a very complicated shuffle. That's actually a beat that I can't play. I think I could learn to play it, but I haven't yet. And I'm more inclined to so that I could try to learn how to play this song. <laughs> 
And there's a lot of subtlety to it, a lot of ghost notes on the snare drum. You have to have a lot of dynamic range to really pull it off. This is kind of like a, a very basic comment, but as someone who's gotten into surfing in the last couple years, I love that the song starts off talking about growing up near the ocean and not learning how to surf. And then all the lyrics and all the verses are about different things that come in waves, including, you know, the ocean, but also electricity. And it's clever. Yeah, like I, I think there's a there's a cleverness. I hope it's not too clever. Right. I think it's clever without being cute. Yeah. I also love like there's nothing but bass and drums and vocals in the first and second verses at the top. It's such a brave choice with unlimited tracks to just have bass drums vocal. There's no percussion. There's no ghost notes. There's no faraway guitar. Like. Yep. It's so stripped down as to be unrecognizable from most modern music. And I just, I love that. I noticed it right away. I was like, I wonder when I'm going to start to hear like things in the far right speaker like and pads little mandolin and, and pads and none yeah. of it. Yeah. I just love that. This song was on my little short list of songs that I noted. Oh, good. Yeah, I love this. It's a great pick. As much as I love the rhythm of the drums, there's something weird in the recording of the drums where it sounds like overly compressed, and I feel like the audio sounds of the drum part I actually don't love. I like the the rhythm of it, but I don't like the way the drums actually sound. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. The snare, it, drum, it, snare drums feels a little flat. Something. I, I don't know if I can put my finger on it. It's It bothers me, though. And It sounds intentional, though, Billy. I, I feel like these guys, I don't think they'd accidentally have like an overly compressed snare. Yeah. I still don't like it. <laughs> I think their grip is getting looser. I think they're giving us a try. A lot of dynamic range here. If you feel good about the future, it's great. Then baby, so do I. Let's keep an eye on That's a really exposed vocal for 2023, like. Mm-hmm. A lot of vulnerability. Very, very little compression, mm -hmm. very little auto-tune. This guy can sing. I thought so too. I, I was really impressed with his performance at the Fillmore. Like, to sing for two and a half hours and sing that accurately, like... And he was belting. Yeah, there's a lot of um, passion in his delivery. Even I endorse the pick, Billy. All right. <laughs> Even? Look at that. Even, yeah, Across that is like... Wow. Gold star. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, all right, it's in your court now. All right, I'm going to go away from Doom Scroller since we've now we've done a couple. I'm going to go. I have a prediction. I'm go back. I have a prediction. You have a prediction? Yeah. All right, well, go ahead. You're going to go to the album Passwords. I am. And you're going to play the song Feed the Fire. No, I'm not going to play oh. Feed the Fire, but I'm going to go back. This is, I'm going to play the song that was the, it was the track that made me pay attention to Dawes after having written them off. It's called Telescope. Again, I had written these guys off as Eagles Jr. 
even though I'd heard songs I like, even though I had seen a live clip of like, well, they can really play, but I just was like, this is not a band that digs as deep as I want them to when they make records. And then I think it was like Sirius XM and I wasn't like seeing who the band was and this intro came on and I was like, well, that is badass. It's so dark and smoky and the drums are so hiccupy, but there's still a really great pulse happening. I love everything about it. I looked over and saw it was Dawes and started like laughing at myself. And then I was sucked in immediately by the lyrics. His mother made excuses. His brother got his wish. This little mini story of Ricky and his dad. Again, you were saying what a good writer. He could write a novel. He could write this. Some people are just born to write song lyrics because reading these they don't do the same thing but the way he sings this chorus right here said that to you if i said that to you in conversation you'd be like uh-huh but it really lands for me with those ghostly keyboard notes and those cool drums like that's a great image and then he zooms that telescope in on this sad little story of the the dad who abandons the family and ricky's an introvert and he makes no friends at school and i love this line deadbeat dad got stuck in calgary cleaning swimming pools like <laughs> self-referential right like you decide to be a touring rock and roll band like you're making choices about the kind of family life you're going to have and not have and the kind of connections you're going to make with people and not make with people and the the size of the community that's going to be around you and this is not a self-loathing song but it's a self-aware song right and i mm. actually think this band does a good job of writing about its exp its experiences without being solipsistic right like the singer's the singer's experience is just unmistakably embedded in this track. You know, I get that all the time. Like, I, I try to do the same thing in my songs. Like, I'll write a song about somebody. Like, I'll write a song about a bad parent, and people come up to me like, "Boy, that's kind of rough on your parents." I'm like, "That's not my parents." Like, we, we, we've talked about this in the podcast before. How you got to be careful sometimes who you share your songs with, especially if they're a little bit dark. Uh, well, yeah, but also like I, I'm intentional going in. Like if I want to write about something dark, like it's not a, it's not a journal entry. This song knocked me on my ass from the first listen and really turned me around on the whole band. So I. I love this song. The live version sometimes stretches out to 11 or 12 minutes, and the, this part in the middle gets really out there and spacey and spooky. I'm all in. I, I don't normally go for the um, sort of like narrative, doesn't rhyme, doesn't have to kind of story song, but I'll, I'll make an exception in this case. Okay. On your recommendation. The lyrics are dark. They are. The drums, Billy, is it a little bit linear here? I mean... 
a little bit. I, it isn't, but... And it's not exactly the same every time. Turn, turn the volume up a little bit, Wadron, if you don't mind. But he hasn't been forgotten. I think there are bass drum notes underneath the sticks, which would make it technically not linear, but it's linear-ish. Cool. Yeah. I gotta say, I have really enjoyed so far listening to you guys go back and forth with this band. We've had two different albums, though. I wonder if we're gonna break away from these two albums. Those first few albums, you know, when I listen to these bands, Jeff, that I'm unfamiliar with, like, I have a pretty bad habit of starting chronologically at the very first album and then seeing if I can make it in, and that's probably not always the best way to go. And I remember thinking, oh my God, they think they're the band, but they're really the Eagles in the first couple of albums and um <laughs> so you know i wonder if you guys have well we'll see i guess we'll see because there are only two more picks left yeah so before i make my next pick i'm just gonna make a comment to respond to what you said waldron they also have like some songs i didn't pick one but some of their songs really sound like Jackson Brown. Like, they sound like Jackson Brown's songs. They sound like Jackson (laughs) Brown singing. They sound like Jackson Brown parts, solos, harmonies, and rhythms. And it's like, when does um, influence... Where does influence end and, like, derivative or, like, tribute band begin? Is Jackson Brown an L.A. Laurel Canyon guy, too? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great insight. I intentionally didn't pick it because it's like so almost cloyingly or annoyingly Jackson Brownish. But if you like are like, man, I love Jackson Brown and I wish I wish there were more new Jackson Brown songs that I would like. You'd like those songs. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the whole derivative versus homage, like if it's good, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Like if you sound like somebody I like and you do it really well, I'm like, great, more of that. I don't think they're setting setting out to say, let's go sound you know, you know who I love? The band. Let's go be the band, right? They they've got their own thing. Like they're not trying to make you f- think something about them. I would have said that about them after the first couple of records. I, I actually think that's a brutally accurate. They thought they were the band, but they were actually the Eagles. <laughs> and now I think they're like, they're like uh, the band meets weather report. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like they, just, like, they had this, took a hard left, which I just really appreciate. So I'm going to show you how they're like Bruce Springsteen in my next pick. Oh, okay, great. Okay. So my next pick is when my time comes, but we're going to go with the live version. Waldron? Oh, Billy does this every time he wants I the live version. Jeff, you're probably with him on this one. I do love I do love me some live versions. It's live from the rooftop in LA. Which seems appropriate because it's like home turf for them. And remind you, like some of these songs I heard for the first time when we saw them together at the film Like I, I wasn't aware of the song before. I would definitely put this in the crowd pleaser category. Everyone in the room was completely psyched as soon as they started playing this. There's great dynamics. There are parts where it's whisper quiet and then parts where it's like joyous, triumphant chorus. Slave, I thought that one quick moment 
that was noble or brave would be worth the most of my life. And parts where the whole audience is in sing-along mode where he turns the microphone to the audience and says, all right, San Francisco. And like, you're in the Church of Dawes in that moment. Yeah. And, and it really is like uh, transportive and, and awesome. It's super fun. This totally has a Springsteen vibe, but I, I, every time I get I get the urge to be like, sounds like Springsteen, I'm, I think back to the roasting that we got in the uh, Talk Talk um, Reddit. Reddit channel when they were like, sounds like, sounds like, sounds like. The guy copied and pasted 17 sounds likes in his review of our podcast. Oh my God, that's awesome, though. It's, oh, that's pretty great. Radical that's, candor. That, that's a form of flattery for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I loved being I love being in a crowd where everybody loves the band so much and they just are so psyched to be there. It's a great pick. It's a great song, too. It's just like, what's not to like here? It's like got a propulsive beat. The lyrics are great. The band is so into it. And, you know, they, I'm sure they played this a thousand times. Yeah. But they played it that late night like they'd written it that afternoon. Hey, I wonder if this was one of their, like, first sort of big hits you I know? think so yeah. yeah yeah Billy is this album sort of like turn on the uh, recorder and just record the whole concert kind of situation uh, I bet it is I bet it is I bet it's from the soundboard tapes this is towards the end of the night then or it's towards yeah. the end of the album you're really singing hard for yeah someone who's been standing for 13 previous songs the guy has pipes they're on a uh, month and a half long tour. They're playing two and a half hours a night. He's just absolutely working it. Really impressive. The show was on August 28th, 2020, which was, if you recall, in that first summer pandemic dip where like yeah. things sort of seemed like they were calming down before they got bad again, right? The following winter. I wonder if they were performing this show outside, if that's why it's live from the rooftop. Yeah, it's actually probably right. Good call. Maybe that's part of like the feeling of uh, joy at doing that together I'm totally making that up yeah we'll call that made up facts but <laughs> I love you building a whole you're building a whole, a whole uh, mythology. mythology around yeah. it yeah it's great hey so 12-8 or 4-4 with a triplet feel what's your take I say it's 4-4 4-4 with triplets is how I'm hearing it okay yeah is that how you hear it, Billy? Or That's how I hear it, too. But honestly, I think they're basically the same thing. And it's basically like when the tempo is like slow enough that you could like count it out without like messing up the numbers in your mouth. It's 12-8. <laughs> when it's faster, it's probably 4-4 triplets. They're basically equivalent, though. So thanks for listening to it with me. And it's so fun to talk to about these songs together. Interesting that there's no crowd noise in this track. I wonder if there wasn't. I think it. I think it's just live, literally from a rooftop to tape. I mean, and that. Do you remember? Like we were all desperately trying to figure out. Like people were doing live on Facebook stuff, and people oh. were like playing drive-in movie theaters, and 
playing empty and em- playing empty uh, rooms with simulcast. I mean, it was just a, it was a mess. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, Jeff, it's your turn, and this is. I guess you you don't have to say that this is the very best one, but this is your last pick, man. My last pick. So, what do you do here? Do you go with? I mean, there's a there's another song of Doom Scroller that I really like, but I feel like we've said everything about that. And then there's the quintessential Dawes track, which is the track they've closed every concert with for the last six or seven years. Or do I go with another kind of quirky one that I like? So I, 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 if you're asking, I would say go with one that someone who's not a Dawes fan will like without it being challenging. But first, tell me the name of the one that is the one they closed the concert with. It's all your favorite bands, which is this sweet little song about being in love with a rock band. I mean, it's a perfect way for them to close their show. It's a like love letter to a fan from another state. And it's got these great little details in it. Like, I always vision you with your hat on that says, let's party. <laughs> and the chorus is... Uh, I hope that life without a chaperone is what you thought it'd be I hope your brother's El Camino runs forever I hope the world sees the same person that you've always been to me And may all your favorite bands stay together The band put their instruments down and he just like lifted up his hands and the whole Fillmore sang the song in perfect unison with all the right pauses and people not getting ahead of themselves and it was really beautiful it was really beautiful to be a part of but i think i'll pick i think i'll pick from a window seat which is another early dawes song that jumped out at me is when i i really liked this has a this is one of the jackson brownie kind of songs actually i would say like it's a kind of a story song. There isn't a chorus. It's got that it's got that classic Laurel Canyon shuffle. But I fell in love with it right away because I don't know about you guys, but like I do almost all of my art on airplanes. Of the last 40 songs that I wrote that are worth a damn, like 37 of them were written in an airplane. And I think it's because I'm a captive audience and I can't get distracted by anything else. And I hate listening to music on the plane because all I can hear is the roar of the engine. And so I just, I let myself drift and songs come to me. And this is just a great, great song about looking down from an airplane and trying to make meaning of it, even though it's one of the most meaningless things we do. And I just think it's great. mid-tempo shuffle sounds simple and it is so hard to do well and i just feel like this track's just got the perfect propulsion like while still holding that shuffle in place so i love this one i like these guys thanks a lot for talking about them and introducing them to me yeah man i like them too it's so fun to, to have a new band to get excited about after 150 years of listening to music so <laughs> 
So unfortunately, neither of you picked their very best song. Oh, well, isn't that helpful, though? <laughs> yeah. There is one other song I want to play, and I want to get your take on it, Jeff, because I know you're a bassist among other instruments, right? Yeah. You know what? I can't find it. I can't find oh, it, and I, oh didn't, no. I didn't save it. And What's it? Well, tell us about it. Maybe we'll know what it is. What happens in it? It's a song where it's not in C, but the bass note keeps on pedaling on C and then it goes to, I'll call it a C sharp rather than a D flat and then back down to C again, even though I'm pretty sure the song is not in C at all, but rather it feels like G. And Oh, wow. Is it, it's not good luck with whatever, is it? Let me see. It is. This one. Yep. Now that, do you tell me, do you think that that bass note is the tonic of the of the song no i think it's the third of the or even the fifth i think it's the fourth i think it's the fourth i don't know maybe, maybe it is yeah it's really just it's uh i'd say pretty great that they left it you know i'm sure the first time he hit on that they were like well that can't be right and he's like no 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 just give it a chance you know with the government plates and you know like the flat the flat two to the root is a very yeah. classic kind of cadence, but this doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like C nope. sharp instead of D flat, right? Good luck with whatever, whatever awaits, whatever endeavors. I'm sure you'll do great. I like this one a lot. It's a great pick, Waldron. Billy, is it decided? I think it is decided, and I'd like to invite our special guest, Jeff Simons, to make the proclamations. Jeff, this is your chance to say what the very best Dawes song is and the very best Dawes album. Well, the best album is undoubtedly the most recent, Misadventures of Dream Scroller. Can't recommend it enough. It was my favorite album of last year. And uh, it's challenging without being annoying. And it's it, it really rewards repeated listens. Like you're going to hear something new the 10th time you listen to it. Mm. And for me, the track Ghost in the Machine on that record is the is the all timer. But they there's a half dozen mm-hmm. candidates. And that's impressive. Like yeah. a band that's got a half dozen songs that might be their best is a band with a mm-hmm. with a pretty impressive catalog. But I'm actually really I'm excited to see what comes next. Yeah. Good luck with whatever, whatever. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show and and uh, sharing your thoughts and love for Dawes. I learned a lot, and I think that as usual, when I come in blind, I come away with an extra appreciation so thank you for that yeah this is so fun literally anytime fellas such a pleasure such a pleasure to be on great show really the very besties need to get in touch but Waldron, how do they get in touch insta facebook at their very best by email contact at their very best if you think that bill or waldron got something wrong wrong at their very best.com or just go to the website the website's getting better and better all the time i've got the guitar hall of fame up billy i don't know if you've seen it yet oh my god waldron yeah. that's amazing yeah please do visit the site one of the things you'll see on that site are playlists amazing all the songs we talked about today 
are going to be available in a playlist so you can just listen to them there without us talking over them and that's fun it's the podcast without us talking it's perfect <laughs> exactly and please do leave us a five star review five stars only we love it when you do that we're grateful for those of you who have and we're sad <laughs> for all the people who enjoy listening to this podcast but don't review it with five stars we wonder what are you thinking Billy, more episodes? What do you think, dude? I guess, yeah, you know, we should do some more of these episodes. So we're going to do more of them. So beware. Watch out. We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Bill. And I'm Waldron. And thanks for listening to Their Very Best. Good luck with today.